This is literally everything, 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 everything. If you're like me, you have a pile of books older than your grandma's mom and taller than the Empire State Building just begging to be read. To top it off, you probably add several books to said pile every week, yet somehow find yourself in a reading slump with nothing to read. Uh Uh-huh, I see you. In an attempt to tackle my never-ending pile of books, I decided to start a podcast with hopes of making some sort of dent in said pile, and maybe help inspire your next read. I'm Odell. Welcome to Just Read It Already. Hey friends, welcome back to the little show about books. We're already past the Halloween season, I can't believe it just flew by this year. Then again, kind of does every year, I guess. So now it's time to drop right into the holidays, which means my TV will be playing lots of Hallmark Christmas movies. Yes, you heard me right. And I know many of you who've listened to this podcast for any length of time might be surprised by that confession. Anyway, this week I'll be sharing my thoughts on Finding My Elf by David Valdez, Happiness Falls by Angie Kim, One Night in Hartswood by Emma Denny, and Amazing Grace Adams by Fran Littlewood. But first, let's see what's new this week. First on my list is Please Tell Me by Mike Omer. This is a mystery about a kidnapping victim who can't speak but might hold the key to several unsolved murders. And I reviewed this book back on episode 31, so go check that out to hear my full thoughts. We also have Finding My Elf by David Valdez. This is a Christmas rom-com, surprise, surprise, and I will be reviewing it later in this episode. We also have One Night in Hartswood by Emma Denny. This is a gay male romance set in the late 1300s, and I will have a review of this one as well later in today's episode. Spoiler alert, I loved it. Next is Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros, and I feel like this one doesn't need much of an introduction. But for those of you not in the know, this is a second book in the Empyrean series, which kicked off with the wildly popular Fourth Wing. That book pretty much dominated the book community for several months. In a nutshell, it focuses on a college for dragon riders, and I do love me some dragons. I wasn't as obsessed with the book as a lot of people were, but I did enjoy it, and I will be checking this one out. Next, we have Class by Stephanie Land. This paints an intimate and heartbreaking portrait of motherhood as it converges and often conflicts with personal desire and professional ambition. Who has the right to create art? Who has the right to go to college? And what kind of work is valued in our culture? In clear, candid, and moving prose, class grapples with these questions, offering a searing indictment of America's educational system and an inspiring testimony of a mother's triumph against all odds. Then we have Check and Mate by Allie Hazelwood. In this clever and swoon-worthy young adult debut from the New York Times bestselling author of The Love Hypothesis, life's moving pieces bring rival chess players together in a match for the heart. Then we have The Future by Naomi Alderman. From the award-winning bestselling author of The Power comes a white-knuckle tour de force and dazzling exploration of the world we have made and where we are going. I've seen this book everywhere for the longest time, Heard mixed reviews about it, but it's definitely one that I'll be checking out. Then we have The Good Part by Sophie Cousins. 
A downtrodden 26-year-old wakes up to the life she's always wanted, but is it really a dream come true? Next, we have The Manor House by Jilly McMillan. Childhood sweethearts Nicole and Tom are a normal, loving couple, until a massive lottery win changes their lives overnight. This is the terrifying story of what can happen after all your dreams come true. And you know that's on my list. And last on this week's list is Same Bed, Different Dreams by Ed Park. A wild, sweeping novel that imagines an alternate secret history of Korea and the traces it leaves on the present. Loaded with assassins and mad poets, RPGs and slasher films, K-pop bands and the perils of social media. Now, I lifted my self-imposed book-buying ban and bought copies of Teacher of the Year and Mistletoe and Meshuggahs by M.A. Wardell. These are gay romances that everyone on my Instagram has been raving about. I'm in the mood for a good gay romance, so I figured I'd check them out. I also bought a copy of Family Meal by Brian Washington. And that's all I got. So let's jump into the reviews. And we'll kick things off with my thoughts on Finding My Elf by David Valdez. I received an advanced copy of this book courtesy of the publisher through NetGalley in exchange for an honest review. This book releases on November 7th, 2023. The synopsis reads, Escaping to NYU for college didn't turn out the way Cameron planned. He's flunking his theater classes, about to lose his scholarship, and he still hasn't found anyone he can call his people. When he gets home for winter break, he's so desperate to avoid a conversation with his dad that he takes the first acting job he can get as a mall elf. Despite how scroogey he feels, the plus side is that there's a cash prize for the most festive of Santa's helpers. But the competition is fierce, especially from fellow elf Marco. Christmas spirit oozes out of his veins. At first, Cam is determined to see him as nothing but a rival, but as they spend more time together, Cam starts to second-guess himself. What if he's finally found his people here, in the fakest, consumerist nightmare place on Earth, where he least expected it? So, fun fact about me, I love Christmas just as much as I love Halloween. And one thing you may be really surprised to learn is that I'm slightly obsessed with Hallmark Christmas movies, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that cheesy romances aren't really my thing, but for some reason, if you give me a cheesy romance set at Christmas time, I'm all in. Throw in some snow and some Christmas magic and I will forgive every annoying trope, stereotype, and plotline that has been used to death. For some reason, Christmas just makes me forgive everything. I love it. And I loved this book. And even though it was set during Christmas, that wasn't the only reason I loved it. I read this one right at the beginning of October, and I felt a bit like a department store putting out their Christmas decor before Halloween was over. But having just read 25 horror, thriller, mystery books in a row, this was the perfect palate cleanser. So this story revolves around Cameron, or Cam, a college student at a crossroads in life. Cam was the star in all of his high school theater productions, and after graduation, he set off to study theater at NYU. But he quickly learned that things are much different in college. Cam no longer stood out as the star, and he's pretty sure that when his grades come in, they won't be high enough to maintain his scholarship, and he may not be able to go back. But how can he possibly tell his dad or his friends this? Desperate to escape difficult conversations with his dad about his personal failures, Cam takes on the unexpected role of a mall elf at the new mall in his hometown. 
This is where he meets the puppy dog cute Marco, who was a little too cheery and perfect for the job. When Cam learns there will be a competition between all of Santa's elves, with the winner bringing home enough money to keep Cam at NYU without his scholarship, the competition is on. Cam just needs to stay focused on the prize rather than the way Marco makes his heart go pitter-patter. Woven throughout the story are themes of self-discovery and personal growth. As Cameron navigates his way through the challenges of his college failures and the pressures of family expectations, he gradually learns to let go of his preconceived notions and embraces the possibilities that lie before him. The exploration of identity and self-acceptance is expertly conveyed and leaves us with a sense of hope and inspiration. As far as characters go, Cameron is a relatable and lovable character. Through his often clumsy yet endearing charm, readers can't help but root for Cam as he strives to find his place in the world. We feel his disappointment in himself, and we totally understand why he doesn't want to tell his dad that he may be failing out of school. And speaking of his dad, has there ever been a cuter and sweeter parent? His obsession with Christmas and all things snowmen and his dedication to Cam are seriously adorable. I loved him. And we can't forget about Marco. He is the embodiment of the Christmas spirit, serving as both a friendly rival and a guiding light in Cameron's journey. The dynamic between Cameron and Marco adds another layer of charm to the narrative. As their relationship develops, Valdez convincingly portrays their deepening connection, challenging Cameron's preconceived notions and helping him discover a newfound sense of belonging. Aside from the characters, the author skillfully captures the chaos, excitement, and enchantment of Santa's village, and adding a competition element makes it even more fun. Everywhere we turn these days, there's another type of competition, be it on TV or otherwise, and I love the idea of mall elves competing for the prize of top elf, especially when two of them are falling for each other in the process. Finding My Elf is a super fun rom-com perfect for the holidays. It's filled with warmth, humor, and a touch of holiday magic. The relatable characters, charming setting, and heartfelt themes make this book a delightful read that will leave you feeling all kinds of warm and fuzzy this holiday season. Embrace the magic and pick up a copy. You won't be disappointed. I gave this one four and a half stars. Next, we'll take a look at Happiness Falls by Angie Kim. This book was first published August 29th, 2023 by Hogarth Books and was one of my book of the month picks in September. It was also the Good Morning America book club pick for September. The synopsis reads, We didn't call the police right away. Those are the first words of this extraordinary novel about a biracial Korean-American family in Virginia whose lives are upended when their beloved father and husband goes missing. Mia... The irreverent, hyper-analytical 20-year-old daughter has an explanation for everything, which is why she isn't initially concerned when her father and younger brother, Eugene, don't return from a walk in a nearby park. They must have lost their phone, or stopped for an errand somewhere. But by the time Mia's brother runs through the front door bloody and alone, it becomes clear that the father in this tight-knit family is missing, and the only witness is Eugene, who has the rare genetic condition Angelman Syndrome and cannot speak. What follows is both a ticking clock investigation into the whereabouts of a father and an emotionally rich portrait of a family whose most personal secrets just may be at the heart of his disappearance. Full of shocking twists and fascinating questions of love, language, race, and human connection, Happiness Falls is a mystery, a family drama, and a novel of profound philosophical inquiry. 
With all the powerful storytelling she brought to her award-winning debut, Miracle Creek, Angie Kim turns the missing person story into something wholly original, creating an indelible tale of a family who must go to remarkable lengths to truly understand one another. This was a book that I didn't know a whole lot about when I went into it. I'd seen a handful of mixed reviews, which actually prevented me from adding it to my Book of the Month box in August when the book was first available to members. But when September rolled around, I went ahead and added it on a whim, and I'm so glad I did. The story revolves around a biracial Korean-American family of five living in Virginia and is told from the first-person point of view of 20-year-old daughter, Mia. Due to the COVID pandemic, Mia and her twin brother, John, have been living at home with their parents and their 13-year-old brother, Eugene, who has a rare genetic disorder known as Angelman syndrome, which causes developmental delays and problems with speech. One day, Eugene and his father go for a walk. When they don't return on time, Mia doesn't really think much of it. There are a million reasons why they could be late. Even when Eugene comes running through the yard, alone, with blood on him, Mia doesn't really think much of it. Eugene can be a handful and she assumes her father won't be far behind him, but he isn't. Soon the police are involved and her father is missing and not answering his phone. The only one who might be able to tell them what happened is Eugene, but Eugene can't communicate. As the family grapples with their father's mysterious disappearance, they are forced to confront long-held secrets and question everything they thought they knew about each other. Was Eugene responsible for the accident, or did Dad just up and leave? Was it a murder, a suicide, or something else entirely? What follows is a race against time to find their missing father while also delving into the depths of their own emotions and relationships. As far as characters go, I love the entire family. Mia is a bit of a spitfire, she's full of life, she's funny and completely relatable, or at least I thought she was. She has a sharp sense of wit and insightful observations about the world around her. John, Mia's twin brother, is a fixer and a doer and full of empathy and wants to make sure everyone is taken care of and doing okay. Their mother is a sweet and caring woman who is trying to hold it together for her kids, as well as doing everything she can to protect Eugene, who is a suspect in all of this. In addition to the compelling characters, the novel also delves into thought-provoking themes. Kim explores questions of love, race, communication, and human connection. The author seamlessly weaves these themes into the narrative, adding depth and complexity to an already engaging story. While it has elements of a mystery and a family drama, it also profoundly explores the human condition. As we work alongside the family to discover what happened to their father, no stone is left unturned. We, along with Mia and her family, want their father to still be alive, and we want this to be nothing more than a simple misunderstanding, but as hours and then days pass, we begin to fear the worst. Suspicions surface, and we wonder if some of the players know more than they're letting on. With Eugene at the center of it all, we want nothing more than for the family to find a way to prove Eugene's innocence. I also enjoyed learning more about Angelman Syndrome. I'd never heard of this disorder before, and the author does a wonderful job of educating the reader without it feeling technical. There's a lot to unpack here, especially around human development and communication, and I found it absolutely fascinating. Overall, I really enjoyed this one, and I'm so happy I decided to check it out. The author's exploration of complex themes elevates this book from a simple mystery to a work of profound depth. With its gripping storyline, complex characters, and thought-provoking themes, this book is a must-read for anyone who enjoys mysteries and family dramas. 
I gave it four stars. Gonna take a quick break, be right back. Now we'll take a look at One Night in Hartswood by Emma Denny. I received an advanced copy of this book courtesy of the publisher through NetGalley in exchange for an honest review. The book will be published on November 7th, 2023 in the U.S. by Harper360. The synopsis reads, Oxford, 1360. When his sister's betrothed vanishes the night before her politically arranged marriage, Rafe Barden must track and return the elusive groom to restore his family's honor. William de Foucault, known to his friends as Penn, had no choice but to abandon his fiancée and with it his own earldom when he fled the night before his enforced marriage. But ill-equipped to survive on the run, he must trust the kindness of a stranger, Rafe, to help him escape. Unaware their fates are already entwined, their unexpected bond deepens into a far more precious relationship, one that will test all that they hold dear. And when secrets are finally revealed, both men must decide what they will risk for the one they love. I don't know why, but for some reason, when I think of the Middle Ages, I always tend to immediately think of dragons, unicorns, and magic. So when I read that a book is set in this time period, I just assume it's a fantasy. I realize that I sound really stupid right now. And yes, I am aware that dragons and unicorns aren't real and that the Middle Ages actually happened without dragons and unicorns, but that's just where my mind goes. And I say that because when I saw this book on NetGalley, I assumed I was going to be reading a fantasy novel with a same-sex romance, but that's not what I got. And that's okay, because I loved it nonetheless. The story begins with Rafe Barden, and I'm saying Rafe, it's spelled R-A-F-F. I just think Raph sounds kind of dumb. So anyway, it was Rafe in my brain. But Rafe, his father, and his older brother Ash are escorting their sister Lily from northern to southern England to be married. As was customary back then, their fathers arranged this marriage, and the two have never met. While traveling, we learn that Rafe intends to journey out on his own once Lily is married, because Rafe feels as though he's been missing something in his life, and he intends to set out to find it. Once they've arrived, Rafe goes out to explore the woods in the area, and it's here that he meets a young man named Penn. The two spend the evening walking through the woods and talking. The next morning, they share a very passionate kiss before going their separate ways. The next day, Rafe learns that his future brother-in-law has gone missing and is tasked with finding him. It's then that he once again runs into Penn, and this time Penn tells him that he's desperate to leave the area, and Rafe agrees to help him. What Rafe doesn't know is that Penn is actually William, the guy his sister was betrothed to. Along these same lines, Penn has no idea that Rafe is the brother of the woman that he was betrothed to. The two of them head north towards Rafe's home and along the way develop a deeper relationship that soon becomes physical. Eventually, they begin to fall for one another, but what will happen when both of their secrets are revealed? I think one of the things that I liked most about this story was that the romance seemed believable. A lot of times, romances in books seem rushed, with the couple falling in love almost immediately. But here we get characters who are definitely attracted to one another, but for at least the first half of the book, there's a lot of wanting, a whole lot of, what if he doesn't like me back, what if the kiss was a mistake, along with some light flirting, which I loved. Once Rafe and Penn finally have sex, they've earned it. 
I loved the buildup in a romance. I felt the intense attraction and the need these two had for each other. I love the whole, does he feel the same, should I make a move dance that happens. It makes the payoff so much better when the couple can't help themselves anymore and finally connect. As far as characters go, this book is filled with some great ones. With his unwavering loyalty and determination, Rafe is a protagonist that readers will root for from the beginning, and if you're like me, you'll immediately fall in love with them. And Penn, haunted by the choices he has to make, adds another layer of complexity to the story. Their relationship is beautifully depicted, evolving from strangers in desperate circumstances to two souls connected by an unbreakable bond. I also loved Rafe's relationship with his siblings, Lily and Ash. They honestly had each other's backs, and I loved that. On the flip side, Penn's father is someone you'll love to hate. We completely understand why Penn was so desperate to leave home. While One Night in Heartswood is a tale of love and romance, it also touches upon themes of family, honor, and sacrifice. The characters face difficult choices and must confront their own fears and prejudices. It left me reflecting on the lengths I would go for the one that I love. Overall, this is a captivating historical romance that will transport readers to another time and place. With its beautifully crafted storyline and engaging characters, it's a must-read for fans of historical fiction and LGBTQ romance. I adored Rafe and Penn and their story. In a way, this book almost reminded me of a medieval Brokeback Mountain. It's a tale of love that lingers in the mind long after the final page has been turned. I loved it, and I gave it five stars. And we'll close out with Amazing Grace Adams by Fran Littlewood. This book was first published in the United States on September 5th, 2023 by Henley Holt and Company, and was one of my Aardvark book club picks for September. This was also the Read with Jenna book club pick for September. The synopsis reads, Grace Adams gave birth, blinked, and now suddenly she's 45, perimenopausal, and stalled. The unhappiest age you can be, according to The Guardian. And today she's really losing it. Stuck in traffic, she finally has had enough. To the astonishment of everyone, Grace gets out of her car and simply walks away. Grace sets off across London, armed with a $200 cake, to win back her estranged teenage daughter on her 16th birthday, because today is the day she'll remind her daughter that no matter how far we fall, we can always get back up again. Because Grace Adams used to be amazing. Her husband thought so. Her daughter thought so. Even Grace thought so. But everyone seems to have forgotten. Grace is about to remind them, and most important, remind herself. This is a book that I was super excited about as soon as I heard about it, and I only wanted to read it more when I saw the cover. I set it aside for a few weeks while I got through all of my scary reads, but before I picked it up, I read a few reviews and was surprised to find they were pretty mixed. Several folks said the book was confusing and disjointed and that it jumped around too much and some folks said they had a tough time following it. I was skeptical when I started it, but I'm happy to report that I ended up really liking this one. The story follows Grace Adams, a woman who, at the age of 45, finds herself wondering how she got where she is. She was once youthful and vibrant, and now she's premenopausal, her skin is sagging, and her teenage daughter, Lottie, hates her. She may not be able to do much about her age, but Grace is determined to fix things with Lottie, so long as she can make it to her birthday party in time. When the book starts, Grace is stuck in traffic. It's hot as hell, she's annoyed, and the clock is ticking. 
Grace decides she could probably make it to the bakery to pick up the cake and to the party quicker if she just walked. So she abandons her car on the highway and sets out on foot. Thus begins her crazy adventure and I was happy to be her companion. The narrative jumps back and forth between different periods in Grace's life, giving us a glimpse at who Grace was when she was younger, how she met her husband, and how she, a young woman uninterested in having kids, found herself pregnant with a daughter who is now her complete world. We also go back a few months when the tension between her and Lottie comes to a head, causing Lottie to move in with Grace's estranged husband. These alternating timelines are structured to give the reader a complete look at who Grace used to be and how she got to where she is with Lottie. While the non-linear storytelling seemed to annoy some readers, I felt it added depth to the plot and kept me engaged. One of the standout elements of this novel is the humor infused into the storytelling. Littlewood has a knack for finding the funny moments in the most mundane situations and her wit shines through in every chapter. I found myself audibly laughing at some of the things Grace did and said, and several times I winced when she completely lost her shit on some unsuspecting folks who dared cross her. The lighthearted moments provided a wonderful contrast to the more serious themes explored in the book. Speaking of serious themes, the author doesn't shy away from addressing the more difficult aspects of life. She delves into topics such as loss, grief, regret, and the challenges of motherhood with sensitivity and authenticity. Grace's journey is not without heartbreak, and the emotional depth of the story adds a layer of realism that makes the characters and their struggles feel incredibly relatable. When all was laid out on the table, I completely understood why Grace was so hell-bent on reconnecting with Lottie. Littlewood does a fantastic job of capturing the intricacies of human relationships and the complexities that come with them. Character-wise, Grace is a complex and compelling protagonist. As the story unfolds, we witness her transformation from a disheartened woman to a determined and empowered individual who would do anything for her daughter. Lottie possesses all of the angst and stubbornness that most teens experience, and Ben, Grace's estranged husband, helps round out the dysfunctional family in his own endearing way. Overall, I thought this was a beautifully written novel that seamlessly weaves together humor, heartbreak, and hope. This book serves as a reminder that no matter how lost we feel, there is always the possibility of finding our way back to ourselves. I gave this one four stars. That's all I have for you this week. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram. The handle there is at justreaditalreadypod. You can also learn more about all the books that I mentioned today by checking out the website at justreaditalready.com. Please join me next week when I share my thoughts on Midnight is the Darkest Hour by Ashley Winstead, Mother Daughter Murder Night by Nina Simon, Mavefly by CJ Lead, and Pretty by Keith F. Miller Jr. We'll see you next week. Yeah.